1989, we didn't have Netflix. Ava DuVernay was just 17 years old. We didn't have Twitter. We didn't have Instagram. We didn't have Facebook. We didn't have iTunes. We didn't have podcasts. We didn't have iPhones or Androids. We didn't have the North Star or the Breakdown. And as New York City wrongfully arrested, charged, and convicted five young boys, later known as the Central Park Five, as they arrested them for a brutal rape and assault that they had absolutely nothing to do with, so many of the tools that we have today tools that we can fight back with, they just didn't exist. But we have them now. And today I want to tell you how I think we should use them. I hope you watch When They See Us on Netflix. Then join our efforts to continue calling for justice for the Central Park Five. Listen, it's never too late to fight for what's right. And people need to know that when they do us wrong, we won't go quietly. Let's dig in. This is Sean King, and you are listening to The the, the Breakdown. The the, the, the Breakdown. The the, the, the Breakdown. In 1989, I was just 10 years old, and I was growing up in the deep south. And a thousand miles north of me, Young boys who were barely older than me, just babies, were about to face the racist nexus of America's white power structure. And it would chew them up and spit them out. Now, a few documentaries have been filmed about these young boys and the injustices that they faced. But for the first time, a well-funded, well-crafted, dramatic miniseries of their stories, of their pain, of the oppression they experienced, and of their survival. All of that was just released. And it's called When They See Us. And it's on Netflix right now. And I'd strongly recommend that you watch it and that you learn from it. Yes, it's painful. But it's also so beautiful. Because Ava DuVernay has told the story with the color the lighting, the character, the nuance, the culture, the depth, the pain, the grief, and the seriousness that it deserves. She gets the little things right. And it's almost as if she found a way to take us back in time. The acting, the cinematography, the script, the story, they're all perfect. And for every second of this four-part series, you're going to get the feeling that every moment was done with great care and precision. Normally, when our stories are told, and I'm thinking of the movie Cry Freedom, which I still loved. It's a movie starring Denzel Washington as Steve Biko, the South African intellectual and freedom fighter. When I think of Amistad or even the movie Glory, which was about the 54th Regiment of the Civil War, most movies told about us are often told through the lens of a sympathetic white character. So Cry Freedom, the movie about Steve Biko, instead of really being all about Steve Biko, was really about a white journalist who covered him. Or Amistad, instead of really telling the story of those enslaved Africans who revolted, 
tells the story through the lens of the white people who eventually defended them. But that's not the case with when they see us. Ava has told this story through the lens of the children, through the lens of their parents and of their families. And it's wild to say this, but that's new. It's part of the power, really, of Netflix, where they are not lording over every detail of how a script is written. They're not worried about white fragility or hoping that white people will pay to come see this. That's really changed. And she gets the space here to tell the story the way it deserves to be told. And in doing so, something powerful has happened. And to illustrate what I'm about to break down, I want to first play a 2014 stand-up clip of the comedian Hannibal Burris. Now, Hannibal was in a random club in Philadelphia, and the clip is grainy and hard to see, but he starts telling a joke about Bill Cosby. And first, when you hear it, you'll hear Hannibal mention how smug Cosby is to the younger generation of black folk. Then Burris takes his bit in a different direction that shocks the audience. And it was this clip that went super viral because Hannibal Burris, while casually telling a joke about Cosby, really became the first person in pop culture to confront Cosby over the dozens and dozens of sexual assault allegations that had been hanging over his head for a generation. Let me play the clip and then I'll circle back. This is Hannibal Burris. It's even worse because Bill Cosby has the fucking smuggest old black man public persona that I hate. On TV. Pull your pants up, black people. I was on TV in the 80s. I can talk down to you because I had a successful sitcom. Yeah, it was great women, Bill Cosby, so kind of brings you down a couple notches. I don't curse on stage. But yeah, you're a rapist, so I can take you saying lots of motherfuckers on Bill Cosby himself if you weren't a rapist. I don't know why, what I'm doing by telling you. I guess I want to just at least make it weird for uh, you watch Cosby show reruns. Dude's image, for the most part, is fucking public Teflon image. I've done this bit on stage. And people don't believe people think I'm making it up. I'm like, Bill Cosby did a lot of rape allegations. No, you do. <laughs> no. Oh. They call me Captain Kickemout. <laughs> no. That shit is upsetting. If you didn't know about it, trust me. If you leave here. Google Bill Cosby rape. <laughs> this shit has more results than Hannibal Burns. See, timing is everything. See, this was five years ago, and it's hard to believe because when Burris told that joke and, and started going in on Cosby, Bill Cosby had never been to trial. He had never been to jail. And the stories of the 50-plus women who came out to accuse him of sexual assault in the 70s, 80s, 90s, and 2000s those stories had not been covered yet. But here's the thing, and this is how timing is powerful. Cosby had actually admitted in several of his stand-up routines from the 70s that he was using the date rape drug on women. But again, 
That was pre-Twitter. That was pre-viral video. That was pre-trending topics. And women across the years had accused him of sexual assault. And he had settled many of those cases. But again, it was a different era where a few major newspapers and TV stations, they controlled everything that made the news and everything that didn't. And suddenly, one random stand-up routine, a grainy video from Hannibal Burris, blew the lid off of the issue with Bill Cosby. And that's what Ava DuVernay has done with this Netflix series on the Central Park Five. Now, people knew in the 80s that police and prosecutors in Manhattan railroaded these young boys. We knew that in the 90s. And we knew that their confessions were coerced and beaten out of them. The city of New York settled for over $40 million for for the pain that they caused these young men. That that knowledge was really gained in a different generation without the benefit of it being told the way Ava was able to tell it. And today, I have just one action step for you. And then tomorrow, I'm going to come back with part two of this mini-series that we're going to do. All right? Let me share with you our action step for today. Action. 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 Steps. Take action. 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 Steps. Now, this is simple but also difficult. I need you to go ahead and watch When They See Us on Netflix. And it is painful and it is traumatic and difficult. But it is the story of survival. It is a story of our justice system, really our injustice system. And I primarily, I mean, there are many reasons why I want you to watch it. It's masterfully done and it's a difficult story to do so well. The the young boys and the entire cast are magnificent. But I particularly want you to experience the injustice. I want you to see and know the names and stories of the men and women who forced this injustice on the Central Park Five. I want you to see the role they played because we're going to push back. Just as people did not fully understand who Bill Cosby was, it didn't fully register or resonate with us until Hannibal Burris told a joke. I feel the same thing about the Central Park Five. We had an understanding, but this documentary has taken that understanding to a whole nother level. So today I'm about to head to a protest that's related to the corrupt prosecutors in this case. And tomorrow I'm going to tell you all about it and tell you how you can join me. But I need you to go ahead and start watching When They See Us on Netflix. All right? Break it down. Thank you all, of course, for making it all the way through this episode of The Breakdown. If you haven't already subscribed to our podcast, I ask every day because I still need you to subscribe. We'll be right back here every single day. And we'd love for you to subscribe on your favorite podcast app like Apple Podcasts or Spotify or CastBox or whatever it is. Please, please share this podcast with your friends and family because our next big goal is to get to 100,000 subscribers. We're not going to get there without you. Have you left a review yet? Because on Apple Podcasts, we have nearly 8,000 five-star reviews, but we're aiming for 10,000. So we still want to hear from you. 
So please, please, please leave your best review when you get some time. Of course, thank you so much to the nearly 30,000 founding members of the North Star, whose generosity even makes this podcast possible. We love and appreciate each of you so very much. And if you love this podcast and you want to support our work, if you want to see the show notes and transcripts for each episode, we'd love it if you'd consider becoming a founding member of our community. And you can do that right now at thenorthstar.com. There we not only have our podcast, but we have hundreds of original articles and stories and commentaries from some of the leading scholars and thinkers and journalists in the world. Lastly, I want to give a shout out to our associate producer, Lysandra, our editor, Richard, and our podcasting director and senior producer, Willis, for their hard work on this and every episode. Take care, everybody.